Welcome to the Reimagined Podcast, a podcast that seeks to reimagine faith and life in the community as we link, learn, and live together. I'm Greg English, along with Brad Hoffman and Brian DeFuy. Today, on episode 77, we have a conversation about life in the spirit and how has that changed throughout the years. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Hello, Greg. Nice to see you. <laughs> see how I just Hello. played that off? It's just me, folks, today in the room. That's right. It's going to be one of our best episodes. Uh, that's right. That's right. That's how that works, right? That's hello, works. hello. Yep. That's right. All right. Good to see you. Good yep, to see glad you. to be here. It's going to be a good conversation yeah. today because we're actually, we're going to, uh, three of us are going to talk uh, about life in the spirit and how has that been from just in our faith journey and our own walks and where, where does that go and how do you reimagine that? Uh, in the process. So we're going to talk about that. But first, um, you know, I don't watch a lot of TV. I, I, I don't, I mean, I'm lucky to hit the Netflix button and it comes on. I'm just not that person, right? <laughs> yeah. I see two movies a year. You don't have year. different profiles yeah. on I, there I, for the different people yes, watching, yes. you know? Right, yeah. right. I'm, and I'm not even on that. So. They don't even know what to recommend to you. No. They're like, no. Uh, we're, we're not sure. Mm-mm. We need more input. <laughs> it's anonymous viewing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And for whatever reason, the internet goes down every time I try to get the Hulu or Netflix or something, but. Yeah, sure, sure. So, anyhow, yeah. we found this uh, show. Of course, you know we do 70s, Sunday, Sunday 70s. Yeah. Kelly handles all the remotes and all that stuff. But there's a show out that we watched the other night that after watching, I said, I'm going to talk about this. It's uh, Only Murders in the Building is the name of it. Mm-hmm. And it's on a streaming one. I'm not sure which one. But it's Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez. And what I like about it is it's, number one, it's a mystery comedy. So if you go back to the day of Steve Martin and mm-hmm. Martin Short, although, you know, Steve Martin is a fabulous mandolin player yeah. and bluegrass person. Right, right. But yeah. Yeah. if you put those two together, minus Chevy Chase, I mean, they were hilarious. <laughs> so you got them. I'm not sure how Selena Gomez comes in to play. I'm, I'm learning that. Yeah. Uh, but they live in this uh, fancy apartment building in New York City. Kind of like Three's Company. No, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, well, they live in separate Yes, separate yes, yes, zones, yes, yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah. So... Um, and they just they don't even know each other, but then they're listening to this mystery on on um, and what is that thing the radio? Called? No, <laughs> a, podcast. Podcast. Oh, a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that thing. That thing. That thing. Yeah. So they're listening uh, to it on a podcast, and the fire alarm goes off in the building. They got to come down, and they realize they don't know each other, but they're all three listening to it because you, you have to watch and see it. Well, then there, something really happens in the building, a murder in the building. So yeah. now they're pretending to live out the podcast, and they become the the detectives in the building. Yeah. So it's like I'm playing Clue and live yeah. video format. That, when, I, when I finished watching that night, I said, I, I've got to follow this because I love the game Clue. And oh, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm good at Clue. My kids love the game. Oh, I love Clue it. Too. I love yeah. it. So yeah. now I feel like I've got this episode that's kind of comedic, you know, sure. and, and, but it's a mystery you're trying to solve in the process. So yeah. that's my new... Interesting. New lineup. Uh huh. I've seen wow. a preview, but I, I never, I didn't check it out. Yeah. Now, are there multiple um, episodes out there, or am I going to get there and there's one that you watch and then you have to wait? No. You're not sure. Uh, no, I'm yeah. not sure. Yeah. I'm assuming there's yeah. number two. All right. Well, people can search it at home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did it finish well, or did it? Uh, no, 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 no. No, it left me like. It, I mean, it left me with like. That's the guy from the first scene. He just showed up from the last scene. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's okay. got there's ought to be got to be something foreshadowing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you yeah, can get on good. that. 
you know, that device in front of you. Yes, the interwebs. Yes, yeah, and uh, yeah. figure it all out. But yeah. so I'm I'm doing that. But I love Clue and things like that. So uh, well, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Well, there you go. Yeah. Rarely do we have a uh, show recommendation. Here. No, and yes. another thing I want to let <laughs> you know um, is I, uh, I had a chance to go up to the, the mountains over the weekend. Beautiful up there, and, and stayed in a place. I walked in um, into the room, and the first thing I saw it was like garden theme room kind of thing. And the first thing I saw that garden thing meaning like flowery wallpaper. No, no, no yeah. <laughs> borders, <laughs> borders like old, <laughs> old, old, uh, old hose, old rakes. Oh, like oh. Kind of, it was neat. Farm I had implements. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was. I I'd have to show it to you. Yeah, but despite all that, the greatest piece in the room was on this, on the nightstand over there was this beautiful dark brown soft leather <laughs> journal with with the the cream paper. And if you know me, listeners, you know I'm into this. We sent your gift there. I hope you took look, it home. <laughs> I walked right over. To, I said, Kelly, look at this. This is a gift. I'm taking this home. She said, you can't take that home. I said, well, every hotel you go to, they give you the little flimsy sheet yeah, of paper sure. and pad. Yeah. This is a nice place. We got leather-bound journals we're taking home. Yeah. I opened it. I mean, I pulled the string, you know, the old leather string to open oh, it. Oh, there was a string. Oh, my gosh. Well. And I opened it up, and everybody wanted to tell them how great they were. It was one of those oh, reply okay. books. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it, okay. It didn't come home. Yeah. But I thought yeah. about you guys, and I did think for a moment. Yeah. Those guys knew I was here. <laughs> yeah. Merry <laughs> Christmas. <the> gift. <laughs> you could have just tore a bunch of sheets out, left it on the table, and took the rest with you. You know. Uh, I'm sure they charge you. Like if you take a towel from a hotel. You know, it's like or 15 bucks or, or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So oh, I, I hope you guys are having a good week because – but you know it's fun. It's funny you mentioned that uh, we were at the beach and Joe and um, our oldest granddaughter Leah were walking on the beach the last morning. We were there, and they found this rock, this painted rock. And so apparently they put these painted rocks on the beach in Myrtle, in North Myrtle and uh, Cherry Grove. And you're supposed to take it or. Oh yeah, Leave yeah. It. yeah, the rock, and I'm like, isn't yeah. that cool? So Leah found it, you know, and so she that, was that is cool. Really she found excited, it. and there's a picture on Facebook with Joe and her on there. So where is she going to put it next? I don't know. I don't know where she is. She brought it home with her. That, that, they're doing that all. I mean, they've been yeah, doing that for a while. It. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what she's going to do with it, but I um, mean, yeah, because you can leave it there or yeah. take it with you, that yeah. kind of thing. So kind Remember, of a cool present for a birthday for yeah, four sure. Year old, you know, oh, yeah. So, yeah, it doesn't take much. Oh. Yeah, I mean, nice painted rock. I'll paint a rock and, and find it in another state. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. That's the greatest gift ever. That's your souvenir. Yeah. So yeah. while you didn't take the leather bound journal home, she took the rock. Yeah. Well, Kids don't know yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Yeah. What you up to, Brian? Uh, that's good. Well, you know, we got to start of school, so we're all tired. Uh, <laughs> Everybody's talking about being tired. Yeah. All the teachers are yeah. like, they're wiped yep. out. Yep. Yeah. We're all, it, it was like zombies last night at our house. Is it Everybody physical exhaustion this time? Well, last year was mental exhaustion. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, everybody has the plan of, of going to bed early and getting in a routine before mm-hmm. school starts. Mm-hmm. And then you there you are the night before, like scrambling. Yeah. Let's get to bed early tonight. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, it's partly that and, yeah, they're just back in the swing. They're happy, they're happy to be back in some structure and routine and enjoying all that stuff. You're happy there. And, and we're enjoying that part too, yes. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but everybody's tired. Yeah. Everybody's tired. And we're adjusting, you know, uh, traffic is has been interesting here these first few days. Um, long lines of people. In fact, 
I need my my wife. Um, she has already sought and found forgiveness for this. So <laughs> there is there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ, Christ Jesus. That's right. Uh, That's right. So I just want to lay that out there. But <laughs> but uh, the first day of school, we we started coming home, and they have different people directing traffic. You know, and they they are at varying levels um, in varying years of experience in how to direct traffic, and uh, we happen to be going by a person who, as we were already crossing into the intersection, um, he doesn't put up his hand to stop. He points toward the ground at our car. Hmm. And by the time she realizes that this whistle he's blown already 15 times was for her, we, we are <laughs> gliding past him as she's staring at him the whole way, just watching the whole time. And he was pointing toward the ground, I guess, to tell us to stop, stop yeah. and not using the universal symbol of stop, which is you to need stick the your hand out. Hand. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No hands hand. like that. So, um, yeah, so uh, oh, that that bothered her like the the rest of the morning. She kept, she kept talking about that. She's she like, I saying, wouldn't have gone. I just I wouldn't have gone if he. But uh, yeah, is she gonna talk so, to him this afternoon. Well, she had to face him this afternoon. We knew that was coming, so I haven't heard. It's probably like one of those red light on. cameras. They take a picture of. Him. Oh yeah. so there's a picture of her looking at him as they're. Yeah. Well, I did happen to glance just to make sure that he didn't have like a pad of paper right. or a cell phone. Oh, that license plate. <laughs> I know, because then we have to deal with that. No, no, officer. He was pointing. He wasn't putting his hand up to stop. So maybe so, because of yeah. the uh, employment shortage of bus drivers, they're asking more parents to drive? I mean, what's the... Or more people back to school? What's going on? Yeah, I think it's more people back to school and trying to figure out timing of that. And uh, and there there are a shortage of bus drivers. Yeah. And so yeah. I had gone uh, this morning to pick up uh, donuts for my granddaughters, and they were going to meet me here at the office you know, at a certain time. And yeah. And my son texted or he called me and said, I'm in the longest line ever. Yeah. I cannot get through traffic. Can we have the donut at lunch? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. I said, sure. I'll eat them. Go get some more. Bring them back. Yeah, I, think, yeah, yeah. I think probably people have forgotten how to drive in through the carpool lane. Oh, yes, stuff. yes, yes. I mean, they've had a year off, kind yeah. of. You know, not the uh-huh. numbers they have this year. And so um, yeah. Yeah. there ought to be like a... Standard operating procedure manual for carpool lanes. Yes. You know? Yeah. I've always wondered, like, people pull up and you've had 10 minutes waiting in line to get all your stuff together and have it in your lap right. so you can exit the vehicle. But right. you don't decide to get all your stuff out until actually you're there and opening the door and you're having to reach here and there. It used yeah. to drive me crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's all for yeah. that. So, and then know. they don't pull all the way around no, because yeah, they want to yeah. pull up right by the door because... Heaven forbid if their child has to walk 10 extra feet to get and to the door. And then the minivan door gets stuck because <laughs> yeah, it's automatic, stuck. right? She's got to walk out in her pajamas <laughs> yeah, yeah. to try and close it. And yeah. and I'm like, oh, Lord, the hardness of her heart. <laughs> Why didn't she just pull around? School is back. <laughs> it's back, baby. It's back. Yeah, it's, it's good. Okay. You it's know, good. You need I'm a little excited. life in the spirit, my man. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> boy. Go. Come, Holy well, Spirit. We, yeah. Yeah. I need these. This will be, yes. uh, uh, Romans 8 will be highly applicable for. I'm ready. So let's uh, let's dive, let's dive into that because uh-huh. we're all, we're all maturing, we're all growing, we're all developing, and we are we hope, three, right? different, <laughs> three different, somewhat three somewhat. different zones here. Yeah, uh, a little. Yeah, yeah. Not, not too far off, but we are different yeah. zones. Yeah. Uh, so just kind of dive into. You, you hear people talk life in the spirit. Yeah, life in the spirit. What does it mean to be led by the spirit? What, what, is, what, that, does, that what mean? does that mean? What when people say that? What do you get the most? What do I get the most? Yeah, all, from ever. I mean, it's all over the, all over the. I don't know. All over the map. Board. It's more the map. Um, 
from anywhere from you hear people talk uh, about that being led by the Spirit is to be open to the prompting of the Spirit, um, like to do stuff um, or to respond or to be led by the Spirit is how do I have this abiding relationship in a sense? What is what is John 15? I mean, what does that look like um, in a sense? Or even how you live out of the fruit of the Spirit, the Spirit's indwelling presence in you and growing in you. And so what does that what does that look like um, as well? And then you have all the others that think about it in terms of how they respond in life. And it's, you know, in the space is how they worship and all that kind of stuff. And so you have, I mean, I mean you hear all kinds of yeah. different. It's the catch-all phrase. Yeah, everything. yeah. Kind of fits but I think if that. you, you know, what does it look like? I mean, part of the reason the conversation is we're we're in Romans and we're talking about Romans 8. And there's, there's a whole section in here about, you know, being led by the Spirit, live by the Spirit. And so what is it, I think it's fascinating. What does it look like to be led by the Spirit? What does it look like to live in the Spirit on a daily basis? I can tell you what it used to look like mm-hmm. and what it looks like today, and probably will look, it'll be different. I can't tell you that. Right. But it was, it was a lot of that was just um, not knocking the daily disciplines, but it was like I had to get up, I had to pray, I had to read a certain amount, mm-hmm. and I was going to gain all that Spirit by doing that. Right. You know, so there was disciplines that, that were put in and you had to yeah. do these actions. Disciplines is probably not the right word. Well. Um, but so there was action. So I thought it was oriented by my doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I've gone to, it's more by my being. Right. So for me, it's more, how do I practice the presence daily? Yeah. You know, uh, being intentional uh, in that, you know, in the process of, Living by the Spirit is yielding to, um, yielding to God's desire for my life daily, mm-hmm. in the moment, at the moment, so that there's no no separation or there's a realization of I've just walked out of it, and you can feel the difference. I remember living overseas, like when there was a comfort zone in my house. We all spoke English, but when I walked out of that door onto that city street of a third world country, nobody spoke English. Like it changed, it, it changed my dependency, right? Because now I had to think in English, but I had to speak in another language, and, and it all changed. And it was this idea that I was, I was yielding to that that dependence, you know, within that process. So it's just being aware of the presence. Yeah. And I think for I think for myself, it has some of what you are sharing or just shared. For me, thinking about life in the spirit, what it looked like to be led by the spirit. I put a lot of dependence on myself to maintain that and do that at an earlier age. So it was about what I could accomplish, what I did, you know, what the actions that I took that were reflected to me of what that looked like to live in the spirit. And it's almost like I, I was taking on the mantle of doing that versus living out of the Spirit's indwelling presence in me and understanding what that looks like to live surrendered and understanding how to listen. And for example, like when we talk about Romans 8, you know, the first part of that chapter talks about walking in the Spirit. It talks about setting your mind on the things of, um, it talks about putting to death, um, the things of the flesh or the body. Um, 
and and they actually use. I mean, Paul uses the word led, but for me, I think of the word walk, and and that's an interesting word because sometimes we think, okay, I've got to get up and I've got to put the energy and the effort to walk, but it's not so much the energy and the effort to walk as it is. It, the idea of walking is this abiding, it's this conversation, it's this listening, it's in the presence of, um, it's it's about being guided in, in a way. And so I think sometimes when we go and start defining words that explain our practices or explain our relationship, um, the whole idea of setting our mind on the things of the Spirit, which is really, um, you know, what are we focusing on? Where are we? Um, you know, what John Stott says, what what we are governs how we think, how we think governs how we behave, and how we behave governs the outcomes of our life. But the idea of of thinking, what are the things that I'm I'm thinking of? And so setting our minds on the things of the Spirit, the law of the Spirit, the law of grace, um, putting to death the deeds of the body. I mean, uh, that whole aspect of dying to self and dying uh, to the thing, the misdeeds, in a sense, um, being directed, being led. What does it look like um, to be encouraged in that path, to be brought along um, versus myself trying to discern or decide what the journey is going to look like, being surrendered and being guided and directed and led in what that journey looks like. Um for me, I think where I am now is that it's life in the spirit, being led by the spirit is it's this daily life. It's this moment by moment. It's it's encompasses all of life. It's not just a moment of a prompting, not just a moment of doing something, or not just a moment of practicing a discipline, but it's about all of life in a sense. I'm done. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, it kind of Next. reminds me. It, I mean, Brian, Brian can speak in, but it kind of reminds me. Of, I mean, one of my favorite things to read is, is the life of Brother Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he speaks a lot into that. And he even says his heartfelt goal was to think nothing but God. If he did allow some time to pass without thinking of him, he did not grow upset about it. Once he confessed his weakness to God, he returned to him with all the more confidence and joy because he had found himself so unhappy apart from God's presence. Mm. So it is. It is the meditating. It is the thinking. It is the intentionality of God's presence mm-hmm. in us, among us, and around us. I mean, he even goes on to tell his story about even going to to. I mean, he was just a a, a chef in in a monastery, and he would he would go and. I mean, he fervently prayed to seek God's presence in every action he took, and so it's it's not living for the big either, right? It's it's thinking about mm-hmm. every aspect of it. And when there was a separation, he always responded by, I realized the unhappiness of being out of God's presence. Mm-hmm. And that was, the, that was the alert of the Lord mm-hmm. to reveal to him, step back in. And I'm not sure which, it might have been Dallas Willard that, that said it, that he wanted to live in, in, in the, the presence of God so much that when he passed from earth to heaven, yeah. he didn't want to know the difference. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you, you will, you know, based on the glorification of what's taking place, but... Just that mindset of thinking about those right. things all the time. That's probably been the biggest growth for me over the years, moving from the doing to the being of the, of the mm-hmm. meditating on God's all all the time. Yeah, I think it's interesting um, that all three of us would say that um, that living according living in the Spirit has taken us from 
from a doing to a being has taken us from uh, it's it's all in these few things to wait no um, mm-hmm. the spirit I mean Jesus said you know <laughs> it's like the wind uh, yeah. um, you know it reminds me of when I first learned to ride a bike and. At first, man, I was so focused on where my hands were on the handlebars and how high my seat was and mm-hmm. where my feet were on the pedals and then how to pedal and then, you know, uh, starting from one foot and giving a little push and then doing the pedals as quick as I can and trying to keep the wheel straight, you know, keeping my body straight. I was focused on all of those things because that was helping me learn the mechanics of riding a bicycle. But Man, the true, like the true joy and freedom came when, as I got going, I I looked up and I was able to see like the world passing around mm-hmm. me and I was able to feel the wind blowing on me. And, and uh, then it became like the adventure part of it. Now, that other part was still important. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think even as we've all shared, I would say the same thing growing up. If you were to ask me about uh, life in the spirit, it would be, well... These are the things that I, you know, I have my my devotional time. I have this time. I have this, and I still have that. Um, but uh, but that's not where I that's not where I ended. You know, part of continuing to grow, I think, is learning. Oh wait, um, the spirit is at work in all of these different mm-hmm. ways, in all of these different people, in all of these different conversations, and and uh, and is at work within me and in my relationships. Um, you know, there's a surrendering to it, uh, and and the work of the Spirit is much bigger than than I ever realized um, when I was first learning to ride the bike, you know, mm-hmm. so to speak. Um, so I think I think yeah, the growth that um, we're never meant to stay in in just the learning to ride the bike phase. It, it was always about man, you need to lift up your head and go see see what's happening around you and jump into that and then go and tell a friend about it, how uh, how amazing yeah. it is to be on this bike. Um, you know, I think that's always that's always key to it. Uh, it's never um, in just one way. If, if I'm going to uh, produce the fruits of the Spirit in my life, it's going to be because I open my heart up to the, to the garden work that God wants mm-hmm. to do, you yeah. know? Um, and, uh, I cannot make myself more patient, more loving, uh, as hard as I try, but I can surrender in these different moments where, where these things come up. I can surrender the work God wants to do. Um, it's not easy. I mean, easy to say. Uh, No. And I think that is, I mean, for me, just kind of that thought is it's, it's that Galatians five. It's that idea of, of living out of the fruit, not fruit that I produce, but the fruit that he produces in me. Because my ability to love someone is my personal ability is very minimal, you know. But what Christ can do through me, through the Spirit's work in me, and the ability to love is is far greater than I can do on my own. So it's like, how do you, you know, living out through those, through the fruits, and and there again, God's at work, and and so we're trusting Him in that. But He's producing in us, um, and being able to do that. I mean, I think that's a when you talk about life in the spirit, almost to me, it's this idea of living out of the fruit that he does in us. And, and so it's, it's all the, I mean, all those things. And to think about, um, how we love and, um, yeah, I, I hate the word patience or long suffering, you know, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's yeah. where God's working maybe more in me in the period of time, but also the area of self-control and these kind of things that we think about, 
um, as well. So we're living out of that work in us. I think also the other is is the area of listening um, and being attentive to what the Spirit is saying to us um, on a daily basis, moment by moment. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you think we get so wrapped up in seeking the, the Lord's leading that we we miss it completely? Well, I think we do. I mean, I, you know, we were sharing earlier um, this, that the, the story everybody remembers in some form or fashion that was told, and I was listening to God tell it again. I'd heard it as, as, a, as, a, as a young kid in, in high school, the, um, the story of the guy that's you know, driving down the road and he hears God tell him, go into the convenience store. So he drives in, parks, gets out of his truck, walks inside. So if he, the Lord tells him to buy a gallon of milk. So he buys a gallon of milk and goes up and pays for it, walks out the store. He's getting back in the truck and he just he hears the Lord say, you know, keep drive down this road. And he drives down this road for like five, six, seven, eight miles. Then he hears the Lord say, take a right. So he takes a right, you know, and then take a left. Take a, and then stop, pull in this driveway. And I want you to walk up to that door, you know, and give the buy you know, give the gallon of milk. And he walks up to the door, knocks on the door and there's a mom and dad and he's been out of work and they've got three kids and they need the milk. And God told me to give you this gallon of milk. And mm, so they walked yeah. back in the car. And so then to, to what people think is, well, that's, that's, that's life in the spirit being led by the spirit on those big moments. And, and I think that's where, where the seasoning comes in us that we recognize that it's not about, I think even in that story, we think about the milk being delivered to the house, but there's a whole nother story there that's not being told. If a guy is listening to and in, in the presence of and all that kind of stuff. But, but I think sometimes we get caught up in those big moments where we think, well, God led me to do this. And so that's, that's the leading. No, that's not the leading. That's a prompting. Uh, when we're talking about leading, it's about everyday life. And so I do think we sometimes miss it. Yeah. So as you reimagine Life in the Spirit. We've talked about going through different phases, and people are at different phases. But when we think about that, do we ever stop? Well, here's the thing. Do we ever even stop to ponder what living in life is, is the Spirit is like and can be, but what do I desire for it to be in accordance to what Scripture guides us in and how to live that out? But is there something practical in your life that you hope to see or experience living life in the Spirit? Let me, let me approach that. From this perspective, and then I'll kind of answer it, um, at least for me. I think as I look at my journey of faith with Christ um, since high school, and there have been different times of surrender. They've been different moments of yielding. Um, there have been different moments of awareness different moments of sensing this presence. Um, I look at all of that and I see this as, you know, we talk about the sanctification process. You know, you're, you're justified, sanctified, and, and sanctification is the process towards glorification when we go to be with Christ. And so it's that maturing process in us. And what's funny is at each stage, I wasn't sure really what God was doing but he was up to something. And so it's recognizing that he's up to something. And because he's up to something in me, 
I want to join in that and be a part of that and not walk away from it. I want to embrace it in a sense. And so I think for me in answering that question is I want to have an awareness and a willingness to respond and surrender to whatever it is that he's working in me and to be at the place where I'm listening and hearing. I've never been dissatisfied with his presence and with his leading. Now, I've been dissatisfied with my own, (laughs) in my own pursuits, uh, always to be left wanting, but I've never, um, I've never been left wanting. Um, I've always been satisfied as I've surrendered. So I think for me, it's just it's being willing to continue to surrender and to listen to that voice and to respond to Him um, I think, in that relationship. Man, it, part of that though is. Is really an act of trust. Like, mm-hmm. am I am I willing to trust that God is who God says God is, and mm-hmm. uh, that uh, that God is always at work, that God uh, does lead and go with me, um, and that uh, that God is going somewhere with this. You know, um, and that's a hard. It it becomes it becomes easier, I think, to trust in in all of these other things, you know. Um, so what will get me through is to trust in this thing or that thing or that person. Um, it, it's so easy to lose the gaze there uh, of trust and and place it on these other things. I think um, uh, I think that's always that's always a struggle. I think that's a piece of confidence. Mm-hmm. So yes, trusting. But if I can abandon myself and be confident in God, mm-hmm. then I can abandon the means for which I used to or allow to be the controls to provide me that presence. But when I'm practicing the daily presence, I don't need the former things that I would rely on to bring me that. Yeah. So for me, like going forward is I know there's nuances in my personality or things that take place. Like I just want to abandon those reactions or I want to abandon it. You know, we talked with yeah. people previously, abandon addictions or whatever they, whatever they are, whatever my go-to are, those formers to fully trust when I'm practicing the presence of God, it brings about that satisfaction and that peace and that calmness that comes with no matter a high or a low that whether I'm in a high or a low, I don't want to feel the change. I just want to stay in that mm-hmm. zone. I think so. So if I look can I achieve that? I have no idea. Yeah. No. I mean, I'm human flesh, probably not. But the desire of me is like, I want to live in that confidence. I want to live in that presence that neither high nor low rocks me. Yeah. I'm in that I'm in that spot that you talked about satisfaction all the time. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, I think too, as you walk and in that process, I think the it's interesting um, how the things that used to be so important just pale in comparison, you know? I mean, it's like, yeah. um, I, I don't know. It's, it's just it's some of the material things that you thought were important at one point in time in your life or you thought had had major significance. It's like it pales in comparison to Christ. It pales in comparison to the Spirit's indwelling presence in you. And I think for me, and even what you're saying about Greg, <clears throat> There's such hope in that. Um, and there again, I, 
won't quote the Bible. Okay, Romans <laughs> chapter eight. Yeah. Well, I wanted to ask you what, <laughs> but, what but that, when I think about it, in the spirit of Him who raised raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. If the Spirit dwells in you, yes, He does. He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. And I love that passage because the whole concept of this mortal body is the corpse, this dead body that you know that God is able to give life even in that state even where we are today um that that whole idea that even in this sinful body God is able to give life in that and that's just a picture of the indwelling presence of the holy spirit in us and his work in us and his continued transformation in us and while we don't become perfect we're not you know that kind of thing it's it's the fact that he's he gives life through the spirit that dwells in you and he gives, I mean, I just, I love that. That's like yeah. my favorite part of that whole passage. I mean, yeah, people yeah. will know that this, you know, <laughs> yeah. when I talk about it, but you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like the preview, <laughs> a preview, but yeah, but I think that's the, that's the promise of the hope of the work of the spirit in an us that if, if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in us, he can give life to yeah. you right where you are. Yeah. And, and the idea of having life in him, um, I mean, that's, that's all, that's life in the spirit. That's, but it's what he produces in us, mm-hmm. you know? And so yeah. that's why I keep coming back to this whole idea of, of what it looks like to live out the fruit that he produces in us in daily life. And God will create those moments where we learn. He'll create those moments where we're experiencing. And it's, we've got to love not out of our own strength, but out of his there's long suffering involved in perseverance. It's not in our own strength, but in what he's doing in us through that moment, through that season that we are in self-control and to, to, um, to do what we're supposed to do, not to do what we're not supposed to do. This whole idea of, of staying in the line, in the lane with him in a sense, joy, you know, I mean, just mm-hmm. when you start thinking about those things and how you live those out in those daily moments, it's not you doing; it's the Spirit doing it in you, in that moment, in that season that you're in. Um, I think it's just really powerful when we come to grips with that. Um, but I just think there. I think I think for the average person, when you say, "What does it look like to be led by the Spirit? What does it look like to have life in the Spirit?" You know, a couple of different things all over the board, all over the map. But at the end of the day, it's it's something more meaningful. It's something with greater depth in us um, and his indwelling presence in us that's more than just a prompting, more than just a joyful feeling where we raise our hands, you know, in worship yeah. or something like that or get excited about. But it's his leading and the guiding in everyday moments of life and us surrendering that and listening to him as we as we as scripture talks about walk according to the spirit setting your mind on the things of the spirit being led by the spirit um yeah yeah there was a evangelist i remember years ago can't tell you his name i wrote it down in the back of a blue bible i had i mean a long time ago and it it, it his statement was simply this it's not in trying; it's in trusting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've never forgotten it. Yeah, and that's life and spirit. It's trusting. Yeah, and it's relationally driven, 
by Christ because in the scripture it says we are those who live life in the spirit are children of God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how much more greater he wants for us. Yeah. But it is I do think it is a conversation that as an individual, you gotta meditate on it. You gotta think about it. You gotta process it. You gotta see where you wanna be. You gotta see what those struggles are. How do you know? Yeah. It's part of it. Yeah. And I think a lot of that's experience. It's walking. It's it's in the maturing process as because if you out of the gates, think about that. It's, you know, it's like, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just God starts, you know, he works yeah. in us where we are. And so it's kind of that process of that growth. And it's not that you become something, it's just that you develop in that relationship. It matures and grows and there's greater depth and beauty. I know beauty is not the masculine word, but <laughs> the beauty is a greater beauty right. in that, you know, <laughs> Christians can say that. Yeah. That's right. So, but there is, I mean, it's just, yeah. uh, it's, there is, I mean, I don't know another word that that's you know kind of identifies with that well but um but yeah i just i think it's interesting that each of us in different stages of life and and so we look at things a little bit differently often but i think we all kind of come from that same place of yeah we're trying to make it happen and doing and we think that's what it is and we recognize that it's in that relationship in that being now there's doing in the being but it's not Doing to be, it's being to do. And so it becomes this aspect of what it looks like. It's different. We're putting kind of you know, the cart before the horse kind of thing, yeah. you know. So mm. it's good. Yep. Well, thank you for joining us today on the Reimagine Podcast. As always, you can follow us on iTunes, Spotify, Overcast, download any of the episodes and rate them. And you can check us out on the reimaginecast.com. So for Brad and Brian, I'm Greg. Thanks for listening to the Reimagine Podcast. Mm-hmm.